Welcome, Andy and Renee. Of course, you've got uh, the Dylan Fest. We'll start out at the Hermosa Saloon in Redon, in Hermosa. 1991. Yeah, and the smokiest bar in the world at that time. That's right. right. It was a yeah, mandatory smoking law. It's still in effect. <laughs> And, and then it, it moved to Andy's backyard. Yeah. We didn't know it would be uh, – I was thinking about this recently too. When we first did it, we had no idea that it would be a recurring thing. We just had read about it in the liner notes to uh, Bob Dylan's album Biograph. Somebody, mm. Someone in New York had had a party that was a Dylan character-themed party. So you had men dressed just like a woman and like a Rolling Stone oh. and tambourine <laughs> men and so on and so forth. So we thought we could do that and we could make it better because we were a rock band. Right. We could actually play the music. So we did that, had a good time. The next year we just said, oh, remember what we did last year? And we had a small acoustic thing in Renee's bungalow. And it was the third year where we thought – you know, we should do this on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But even that, I never thought to myself, right. we could do this for 20 more years. Yeah. Jump down a manhole, light yourself a candle, don't wear sandals, 
up for the scandals. Don't wanna be a bum, you better chew gum. The pump don't work, the banners took the handles. Let's talk about Bob Dylan for a minute because you guys have really dedicated a good portion of your uh, your life and your career to this Dylan Fest. Um, first of all, let's talk about your favorite Bob Dylan periods. You know, he's gone through – we talked earlier about the, the various periods and when he went electric and all of that. Do either of you have favorite periods in the Bob Dylan catalog that you, you like better than others? I'd say that the album that really cemented things for me as a younger guy was a, in college. Somebody bought me Blood on the Tracks. So that's 74, 75. His uh, separated, divorced from his wife, Sarah, and all this stuff appeared in these songs. And it was the just the right combination of um, concrete material and the symbolic material uh, sometimes a, a, a song can be so symbolic that a, it loses me and, sure and then there's a special place at least in in the way i experience music where if it's all concrete um that's great if the story is great and it's told in a nice way and springsteen i think is uh, among the very very best at that you know right. I'm, i don't find myself trying to figure out what what is happening a lot of straightforwardness yeah. to his music but they're, yeah. they're beautifully told and um and the stories are are the powerful part of it and the language is part of that but with dylan sometimes he can get into a place where i don't <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure what he's talking about at all, but there's a special place for me where there's enough of the concrete and the symbolic and some, and I'm thinking, well, how can this move me if I don't know what it's about? And that, that mystery brings me back over and over. Right. So an example of that is the song Chimes of Freedom. Mm-hmm. The first half of each verse is sinister. The crossing over the senses and its images, but I'm not exactly sure what he's getting at. The, right. the sky cracked its poems in naked wonder. An incredible image. Sure. Uh, but then the second half is concrete, tolling Very. for the ones yeah. whose wounds cannot be nursed and right. so on. And he's at his best when he's speaking on behalf of the underrepresented and the poor. And the and the maligned. Uh, it's my favorite. If I have a period, it's it's any part of his life where he's kind of taking up that torch. Well, blood on the tracks has all of those elements you speak about. There's enough concrete stuff in them to uh, be able to grasp, but also that that obscure stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite song on that album is I- Idiot Wind, and I pull that out whenever uh, I get angry uh, about somebody in my life or somebody out there because I do, yeah, that is the perfect. that's the most yeah. angry uh, song that I guess it's uh, pointed to his ex wife I, I I assume and and 
How about how about you, Renee? Well, you know, I kind of got through Bob to Bob Dylan more from the performance aspect, mm. like from doing Dylan Fest. You know, mm. I, okay. being a singer um, primarily, um, and I, especially in high school, I was kind of very prejudiced against people who quote didn't sing well. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't even like the Stones very much or right. Rod Stewart. You know, I just, I just. There was just this, yeah. you know, I was about, you know, this pristine quality of voice so kind of thing. So then there's Bob Dylan. Right. <laughs> so Bob didn't really penetrate too much. You know, obviously you knew the Blown in the Wind, sure. Like a Rolling Stone, you know, the, the obviously undeniably great songs that were recorded by so many people, sure. right? Um, but so I came into it through the back door there. Okay. and But as a person who who has come later to him, um, I think for me it's – and I've been listening to this bootleg, the All Hallows Eve show from – what year do you think that is? 64-ish. So it's just Hmm. him and then at some point Joan Baez comes in. So it's in New York I'm pretty sure, right? And I think it's even earlier than that. Okay, maybe. So it's just him playing solo mm-hmm. and this crowd is just – he'll start strumming and they know what song it is, right? And they just start clapping, you know, right. that they know it's going to be Hard Rain right. or they know it's going <laughs> to be, you know, Who Killed Davey Moore or whatever. Right. And, um, and so he's also really playful in that concert, mm. which I've only seen him maybe three or four times and obviously way, way, way later than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never – once see i've never seen him be playful ever right um but in this concert he's really playful he jokes around he's you know he's doing the john birch paranoia blues or whatever (laughs) talking yeah Yeah. and you know he's making fun before he sings it and so i think when he's just delivering that as a you know as a performer when he's actually singing the songs like they go right right (laughs) that i prefer that i do like a lot of the later material, but I haven't been to a show where I heard him sort of deliver it in a way that was satisfying to me. But, you know, I'm I'm just one person. But I'll tell you, every year when we do Dylan Fest, I'm just blown away again by the breadth and the depth of the material. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. And we only scratch the surface. We do 64 songs. Sure. And he's written wow. between 800 and 2,000 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. AndyandRenee.com for all the information you need. Thanks again, guys. Change.
ship upon your magic swirling ship. All my senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel the grip. My toes do numb to step. Wait only for my blue hills to be wondering. I'm ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for the fade. Fun to my own parade. Cast a dance and spell my way.
John Hoke. Thanks for joining us on this edition of LA Radio Sessions. We'd love to hear from you about what you think of the show. You can join the conversation on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash LA Radio Sessions or visit LA Radio Sessions.com. Stay tuned. More to come.